those of you with us for the first time, we're concluding a series today called Travel Pack. It is a, um, a series that, that contains messages, four of them with this one, that hopefully you will keep in your heart and be able to pull up when you are making turns and very strategic navigational moments that must be uh, uh, thought through and prayed through, that you'll be able to pick those out and come back to these. We'll have them online for you. Um, you can go back to, this is the fourth one, titled Benediction. Um, there's a passage in 2 Corinthians 13. If you have your Bible, you can go there with me. Of course, we have the verses we're going to use always on the screen in case you didn't bring your Bible, but uh, be one of those that do, if you can. Um, be one of those that do. 2 Corinthians 13, one verse. Verse 14, the last verse, Paul writes to the Corinthian church, two letters he writes. Here's the last thing he writes to them. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Where we've been in review, we said that we're walking out into the world. We are called to walk by faith, not by sight. We're called to walk after the voice of Jesus as his people. But we're walking out into a world that isn't always easy and isn't always uh, flowers and sunshine, actually. And uh, I have a friend that lives in a city outside of Colorado, in Colorado. He says it's like we have sunshine like 300 some days a year. And I'm thinking that just isn't fair. It's just not fair. 300 some days a year sunshine. What in the world? It's too good to be true. For anyway, notice it's not really sunny here today. Some days it's like, blah. But anyway, we walk by faith, not by sight. Jesus tells us to go out into the world and be a light. Tells us also as we're walking out into the world to come away and be with him. It's a walk with him, not for him, with him. That he works in us and through us. We are to be lights. We are to preach a message of good news, but in this walk, we are to expect attacks because we have an enemy. Jesus said, I send you out like sheep among wolves. Uses the metaphors of dragons and lions looking to devour. That's up ahead at times. But also, if we're walking with him and assuming we're walking in a caravan of others, walking out in a caravan of the faithful followers of Jesus, not alone, not by ourselves, not just Jesus and me, Jesus, me, and you. Yeah. Everybody needs a, a buddy in the body of Christ. Everybody does. At least one, two, three, whatever. But we can assume that someone greater than the enemy is out there who is in front of us, and that's our shepherd, and he promises to provide for us even in the midst of an enemy. He promises to protect us. And then coming up behind us, surely, goodness and mercy. And then last week, we added this part. As we're walking forward by faith, we can know this for sure if we're his. Somebody is praying for me. And that somebody is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We are we are in the middle of a Trinitarian bond of intercession from God who understands us, listens, supersizes our requests and makes them fine-tuned to the will of God in our life. And for people who walk in that kind of life, the promise is if you love him, he will cause all things to work together for good to those who love him because he's going to conform us in any environment to the image of his son. Now, with that said, we're going to close with this one. But this is not a closing of, this is closing as we get out and go. It's a benediction. And what we are going to read and see and open up, we, we realize this, that it's for everybody. At the end, I love the words, be, all these things we're going to look at, be with you all. Or even you all. Or even in Western Maryland, use. <laughs> or in the South, we say all y'all. All y'all. The person around you. You and you and you and you all. May all these things be with you all. 
benediction. It's a short blessing to conclude a public worship gathering where the priest or the pastor or whoever speaks a word over the, over the congregation or the crowd with good intentions, promoting something good. You walk out of here with something good. That's what Paul is doing at the end of this second letter. It's a, it's a, a Trinitarian uh, combination of a bond of blessing over you, which he says, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Now, let's break it down and look at it. Point number one. We're traveling ahead. We can, we, can, we can know this, that there is a never-ending, life-giving power connection always available to us. Amen. Always. Amen. Notice the preposition that, that uh, we've highlighted here, of, of. There's something that we can have over in us that's from a source. There's something else that we can have and experience that's from a source, Three things that we can experience as we walk up this road, we can experience because there is grace, love, and fellowship available constantly to those who are going out with Jesus, going out with Jesus. Now, uh, I lo- uh, the, for, the, for the nerd people in the room, you, you're into English grammar, or Greek grammar, or whatever, uh, the word of there is a preposition, of course. But it's in a certain kind of grammatical structure. It's, it's, called a, the, the, it's, it's telling us that the word grace has an ending to it that points to a source. It's called the genitive case. But it's also a singular case, meaning it's the only source. There is, there is something that comes to us, and the only source it comes from is where that genitive case is pointing with a singular emphatic. So, grace only comes from Jesus. This love only comes from God. And this fellowship only comes from the Holy Spirit. That doesn't mean, though, that Jesus has the grace and the Father doesn't. It doesn't mean that the Father doesn't have grace. It doesn't mean that that Jesus doesn't have fellowship offered. Paul is doing something here in the context And it's always good to, if you're trying to understand a scripture passage, not to just pull it out and go, ta-da, because you might not know the context of it, right? How do you know, well, better not say that. Let's keep going. Watch myself. Watch myself. Watch myself. I want to, another time, another place. Um, Paul is writing to a church in a place called Corinth. They have this massive influence of the Holy Spirit in their church. God has radically changed people's lives, and they're just fighting like cats and dogs. They, they, they meet in different locations, and some say, well, I like this guy better than I like this guy's preaching, and I like this one. I'm of Peter, and I'm of Paul, and well, I'm, I'm more spiritual than you. I'm of Jesus. And that's going on. They're suing each other. They're getting drunk at communion. I mean, what? I mean, the Bible's interesting if you read it. You're like, holy moly, there's hope for me. He loved them. He's, he's got to love them. Anyway, yeah, it's all in there. But So he, they're fighting each other. Paul is writing a letter, the first letter he's writing, explaining it all. Please, come on. Look, look how it's supposed to be. He's done that in the second letter. And then what he's doing here in this last verse is he's trying to say, look, look, look at the unity between God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. For you to come back to be a witness to the world, because the world's watching you sue each other. The world's watching 480 denominations in one country. The world's watching this denomination bashing this one. The world's watching that. So I appeal to you in the name of this Trinitarian bond, who offers to all of us this grace and this love and this fellowship. And I want to speak it over you. And I may, in other words, receive this, man. Receive this. That's what he's doing. As churches, we're not called to a fishing competition. But a united fishing expedition commissioned by Jesus over a city. We will not be rewarded for shifting sheep from one location to another. 
And our value will not be measured by how many we have, but who he wants to reach to. Our value will be based on whether we as a church have focused on where he'd be focusing if he was here. And we are called to walk by faith. Convincing the world that we are true disciples of Jesus by one thing. A certain kind of love that he shows us. It's all in this benediction. Let's get into it. The first is this, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. I tagged the last part on every one of these attributes, the wishes of a heart of a man that loved God's church, Paul. He says, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. The word in the Greek for grace is charis, and it means kindness. But it's not a sloppy, shallow Kindness. It's not a hashtag kindness. It's a bond in blood. It's a family kind. How many of you have friends that aren't in your family and you're closer to them than some of your extended family because some of your extended family ain't really that cool? <laughs> but because they're kin, have you ever heard the phrase blood is thicker than yeah. This word grace comes from that kind of idea of kindness. It's based on the fact we're bonded in blood. May the grace of Jesus. You know, when we see Jesus in heaven, he will be known by the scars. He never has had the nail scars removed from him and never will. When we see him in all his glory, with majesty that will blow our minds, we will be stricken just as much to realize he still will always have the scars because the scars were for me and you. The scars, without the scars, without the blood being shed, the kindness that God is, we'd never experience. Only through Jesus can we experience it. And Paul says, may, because it's been on purchase, so may, don't fight, may, you can come out of your bondage. Why? Because the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ is in a genesis it's, it's never gotten weak. It's in a Genesis effect. Jesus is always giving grace because Jesus is grace. Amen. Think about this. When Jesus was a man growing up and he, at some point, at least by 12, he knew who he was at some level. I don't think when he was in the manger, he was thinking, now how am I going to make sure Alpha Centauri does it? I don't think he was doing that. I think he was going, wah, wah, mama. That's what I think. But somewhere along the line, he, he, by 12, he says, why are you looking everywhere for me? Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house, dad? He knew who he was. Somewhere along the line. But here's what he also knew. Think of the loneliness of this, but also with the compassion he had. Jesus of Nazareth knew that he was missing what everybody else had. He knew that every person, including his mom and dad, had a soul tattoo of toxic brokenness that manifested in some level outside and back inside to every person living, even his brothers, sisters, everybody. Some manifested where you'd go, well, I'm better than that guy at least, thank God. Well, if he knew what kind of woman this was, he wouldn't let that sinner touch his garment. So we categorize because, well, at least I'm not a serial killer. Hmm? Yeah. Jesus knew we all. Not only had that tattoo, we had no ability to break free from it. Whatever we put over top of it, whatever kind of fig leaves, there was a weakness. Remember last week, the Holy Spirit helps our weakness. That word means not having the capacity on the inside to fulfill something that we know we needed, but we know it and won't make it happen. He knew every one of us was that way, and so he was moved. It, it, it moved him to become like us. He became human like us, felt our feelings with an, with an untainted, unfiltered ability to feel it and not judge us. Jesus didn't come holding a judge's mallet. He came with a dove on his shoulders for all of us. Paul says, may the grace... It's a kindness. It is a favor toward. Have you just had anybody other than your grandma that just for whatever reason just loves you? 
I mean, no matter what. Or have you ever been upset because there's people in the family that, that seem like they can get away with a, Like, you know, if they steal a cookie, well, they were just hungry. If you steal a cookie, it's like you're grounded. And it, no matter, you know, but, and there's people, you know, it, it's sort of like that. Not that God overlooks our, but there's a bond of blood that, oh man, if we get a hold of this. My, my buddy Tim McGraw's here. His dad coached me growing up at baseball and I couldn't hit anything except on the playground and uh, wiffle ball games, but I'd get in and I'd just freeze up and I, I got so discouraged I quit. And he came to my backyard. I was shooting basketball in the summer and he was like, Tim, you can't quit next year. I'm the head coach and I want you to be in the top of the lineup. But I just couldn't understand that. He saw my performance, but he saw something on the inside of me. You know what? I went right back out. As soon as that word was spoken over me, man, I started hitting. I went four for 20 instead of one for 20. No. No. But, but empowering favor for no reason just does something to you. Am I wrong? Raise your hand if I'm wrong. I won't let you back anymore. No. It's not true. It's, I'm kidding. I'm only kidding. Don't, don't listen to half of what I say. Just, um, but there, there's favor of grace. Paul is like... Listen, the reason why you're up so you gotta let you gotta let the grace in, man. It's a constant. Jesus knew that. He he felt that for us. He felt that unearned. John the Baptist, notice the difference. John the Baptist is the last prophet of the old way, the old covenant way. And listen to John. They come out to see John. And he's like, you bunch of snakes, who in the world warned you to flee? How are you ever going to, right? Fiery. Jesus follows up on that and gets down into the water of sinners. And John's like, you don't get down in the water. You're, he goes, I'm getting, I'm getting down in the water. He came to identify with us. Get down in the water. He comes up out of the water with a dove on his shoulders and a compassion in his heart. For the people that know, that have been thought, that have been taught, that God. I've had people tell me, Tim, I'd love to come to your church, but if I walked through those doors, the walls would cave in. I said, nah, I pastor there. <laughs> no. 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 Bring me every sinner in town. Put them right in the front row. I want to tell people, the God, that they never heard of is the God that's waiting for them. Mm. Every one of us has that, has that tattoo because we've all sinned. What does sin mean? The word means harmatia. It means to miss the mark. If you miss it an inch, you might as well miss it a million miles because an inch is a million miles of God, with God. All have sinned and all fall short. So if my vertical leap gets me an inch from the net (laughs) or the rim, I didn't get the rim. The worst thing in the world is have a breakaway opportunity to dunk it and you hit the rim and the ball goes back. You want to run down the locker room, you don't even play the second half. Doesn't matter how high you can jump if it's not high enough. How good you are if it's not good enough. Perfect, perpetual perfection. Is the only standard, and the only person that ever met it ever will is Jesus. And he met it not for himself, he met it for you and me. So not only could you escape something, but so you could enter into something. May the grace of Jesus Christ be with you all. Second, may the love of God, Son, Father, may the grace May the grace of Jesus, may the love of God. It's in a genitive singular as well. The word for love there is the word agape. It's not like I love Lucky Charms and I love chocolate. I love the Crimson Tide. I love pirates in spite of. I love my dog. I love, it's not that kind of love. Agape love is this kind of love. It's a, it's a limitless, sacrificial, pay whatever price to Do for somebody something that shows them they're valued without expecting anything back. May that kind of love that's of God in a father fashion be with 
you. Right? So many claim to know God or believe in God, God, and, but you come to find out a lot of times that the image of the God they say they believe in is, is a God they want to be God, whether it is really God or not. And there have been times in my life where that would get me upset because I think, man, that's a lie. You're being deceived and you're deceiving other people. But you know, I've changed. Because what it's telling me, it's just like people that say you need to be kind to yourself, you need to forgive yourself, you need to love yourself. I totally get that. What, you know, because if you don't have an understanding of who Jesus is and you've been in a church that was a vacuum of all that and you've been rigid and it's just about you should and you don't even know why you should or why you shouldn't and it's just like because it says, because it says, because you know, and all that and you miss it, it's like sterile and it's rigid and, and, and you watch people that are supposed to be living it and they're not living it and you think, man, I can't, if they can't live it, I, I heard a pastor, if he can't, how can I? All that, we do all that? That's completely different than what I'm talking about right here. It's an image we form out of our own need. It's just like, yes, you know what we're saying about being kind and loving ourselves and all that? You know what we're saying? I need to know I matter. And I've been to a church and I've heard the Christian thing and I've heard the this thing and I've studied religion. So, and that's still, there's an empty place. So I'm just going to have to turn on myself and love myself. The only problem with that, some can do better jobs of that than others, but we're still a toxic soul tattoo and our well's going to run dry because there's always going to be something that even a person that doesn't believe is going to say, now, come on now, you're making this up because the only way to have doubt removed is from the one who can remove doubt and that's God. And Jesus paints a picture of how God loves us. In the story, we looked at it last week, the story of the prodigal son. And what did he do? He took his father's inheritance and he squandered it with prostitutes and reckless wild living. That's all we know. And he loses everything and he's away and he comes to his senses. See, the problem is some people don't come to their senses. And while we wait for everybody to show up here, they're not going to show up here. Because Jesus is in sandals going there, going there. And when he was there, he told him a story describing his father toward this kind of a person. Which again, you can always say, well, I've never squandered it with, or I've never, with but if you miss it an inch, it's like missing it a mile. If you, it, oh, I almost got the rim that time. Did you get the rim? Mm -mm. I made it within 10 feet of jumping across Grand Canyon. Almost made it. You died with a guy that made it three inches off. My parachute almost opened. Mm -mm. So the son returns. You know why he returned? Because he knew how good his father was. And even with that, there's, a, there's something that happens to people, happens to all of us. When we sin, we run, we hide, we medicate. We all do, some way or another, we all do. Some do it with busy religion because they got to pay God back. The freedom of knowing who he really is, like this. This is, look, what he, look, look at this, here it is. So he got up and went to his, what's the word? Father. I love this. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was what? Jesus is describing his father. Saw me, you, filled with compassion. And what did he do? Before he threw his arms around him, he ran to him. He ran to him. And when he ran to him, he threw his arms around him and kissed him. 
The son goes into this thing about, you know, what he's supposed to theologically say and how do you pray, how do you approach Jesus and dear Jesus, dear God, almighty father, met the Jews and the Gentiles, uh, read the Bible and all that. Jesus, no, he just says, he, he, he's telling the gospel. The father's not even listening to that. He's too busy wanting to cover his kid. Quick. He doesn't say, you're on a six month probation with me, boy. Sleep in the barn with the slaves. We'll see how it goes. Is your heart with me or not? Are you fully in or not? Doesn't say that. Quick, bring out the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. Now let me tell you something, Christian friend. That's how he felt when you came the first time. And if you're saved 30 years, he still feels that way about you every single time you say father. Every time. Every time. He's not trying to kick you out. He doesn't have a clipboard with a checklist making sure you live up to it every day. Who can live under that? It's a liberating freedom. Aren't you giving people a license to sin? People are going to sin without a license. I've realized that. Haven't you realized most people don't need a, hey, you can go sin today if you want to. Oh, I, I, I haven't sinned in six years. Sure. Thanks. Thanks for the freedom. No. Huh? Some are thinking, I got to get out of church. I got some sinning to do today. Let's go. Here's what I think. The only way out of sin is through the grace of Jesus. Amen. And when you love some, hey, when you fall in love with the one, if you like to watch baseball every night, you fall in love with the one. Remember the old country song from the 90s? I quit watching the Braves. Uh, so after she, after, who wrote that? Tim McGraw wrote that. My friend right there, Tim McGraw. <laughs> I like it. I love that. Is that, no, is that the one? I can't remember. <laughs> See, I don't, that's back in my. When we find a treasure, see, when we preach a treasure, you can't find a treasure if you don't preach a treasure. My little British missionary professor said, oh, brothers, go out and preach a majestic Christ. When you find the treasure, you sell everything. When you find her, you know, awesome. hmm? When you find him, hmm? the father loves birds more than we preach that he loves his kids. The father loves lions and cats and dogs and grass and flowers. Jesus said it. How much more does he love us? Hmm? And the word is agapeo. It's not, like a, it's not like a shallow hashtag love. It's not like a lucky charms love. It's like, I love you, but you better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'll tell me why. I'm coming back to town, and I'm not happy about you. That's not the way he is. That's not the way he is. That's not the way he is. That's not who Jesus said. Hey, would a God like that send his only son to die for people like us? Would he? So anyway, John says God is agape, meaning he has, a, he has a kind of love that's limitless, that is sacrificial, willing to pay the ultimate price for the object that he loves. Why does God love you? Because God chooses to love us, and he wants to. Amen. And he is. God is love. It's love. Here's the thing, though. Jesus preached the kingdom upside down because the Jews knew that God, they knew that God loved Israel and they, they, they knew that their, the commandment, it was a commandment. Then one, two, it was a commandment. Thou must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. Let's roll up our sleeves and go try to do it. What are you doing? I'm trying to love God. I'm trying real hard to love God. I don't really love him, but I'm going to try to love him. 
That's not what everybody did. But the, the prophets heard God say, I'm watching you guys offer sacrifices. I'm watching you guys build your temple. I'm watching you guys do this. You know what I know? You're going through the motions and you've lost your love for me. You've forgotten me that I took you out of slavery in Egypt. You've forgotten that I've just bashed that place to nothing just for you because they were what they had done to you for 400 years. And I promised you something, not because you were anything. You were the smallest of all, but I set my affection on you. And Jesus comes along and he's preaching. They come out to hear him preach because he's healing the sick. He's the one. And he says this, love your enemies. He uses the same word agapeo. Not just your friends. Anybody can love their friends. Even sinners do that. Love your enemies. Loving our enemies is the defining true condition of a child of God. Nine of the most shocking, disturbing words he ever said in the Sermon on the Mount is, for, he's talking about his father, for he is gracious to the ungrateful and the wicked. Wicked. That's who he is. That word in the Old Testament, hesed, is used 250 times in the King James Version translators the word is almost undefinable. The best they could come up with was loving kindness. That's who God is. That's who he is. It is a strange work of God to bring judgment. And a natural work of God to bring loving kindness. Lamentations 3 says that God judging people is a strange work. It took him 400 years to judge the Amorites who were in the promised land. 400 years. He said, because the cup of their sin has... He knew they were going to fill that cup, but he waited 400 years. He allowed the people of God to be four centuries in bondage because he didn't want to judge the Amorites until they filled the cup. He knew that Pharaoh would say no to the last plague and still offered him 10 chances. That's who he is. On the cross, when he had the power to just flick his finger and destroy everything. With mockery and the temptation of the devil to come down, he drank the cup to the fullest. He was drinking yours and mine, not his. For God so loved the world. Now, it's impossible for Tim Christian to love his enemies. But I have the greatest Christian that's ever lived living on the inside of me, the Holy Spirit. He can do Christianity. And so do you. Which leads me to the third and final. May the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In the genitive singular, this power only comes from one, the Spirit of God. It's not willing your way through. It's not promising to do better. It's not turning over a new leaf. It is letting him come in and play the game inside your body daily. And it's not a game. It's an eternal situation. May, in other words, let grace be. Let love be. Let the fellowship of the Spirit be for you. Fellowship is the word koinonia. It's where we get the word intimate union. It's the word we, we would use for intimacy between a man and a wife. It, it's, 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 a, it's a common, nothing held back, bonded, intimate union of oneness. The only way into that is through the grace of Jesus that leads me into the love of the Father who receives the person of the Holy Spirit in my life. And that's to anybody that's to everybody. It's the kind of love that the Father has. The fellowship of the Holy Spirit. You know what that means? That means that when the Holy Spirit's living on the inside of me, it's not a force, it's not an it, it's a he. He will whisper to my mind. He will speak to me, will speak to you. He will take truths from this book. He's the author, by the way. He can tell you which page to turn to if you turn the pages from time to time. Say, speak to me, Lord. This is the living word. 
and I'm alive in you. My spirit has your spirit. Spirit of God, guide me. I'm going to start. I'm going to read. I'm going to listen as I read. I'm going to listen as I read because I want not to only know doctrinally true about the grace of Jesus. I don't only just want to know Bible verses that I can show people that says God loves me, but I want to feel the grace of Jesus. I want to experience the love of God. I just won't want to preach to others as, as someone that seems to know, but you don't know. I want to experience it. I was standing in a line in a, a supermarket one day, and you know those magazines that say, uh, John F. Kennedy Jr. is back tomorrow, and, uh, and uh, uh, Tom's, Tom Hanks is an alien from out, all those you know, true, true things uh, about, about Kim and Kanye and all, all the stuff that you know, matters a whole lot to us all. And you're standing there going, I wish they'd hurry up. Oh, what, what's it say? Oh, geez. They're going to cancel Jeopardy. I mean, oh, man. You know, you know all that stuff? All that stuff? Uh, there, was a t- there was two ladies in front of me, and one time they had Meg Ryan. How many of you still, you're old like me, you remember Meg Ryan? Those movies, right? Meg Ryan was this, that. And they were talking, and they would Meg this, Meg that, Meg. And I felt like saying, just to, just to be the guy I like to be sometimes, I felt like, excuse me, do you know Meg Ryan? Oh, no, of course not. Wouldn't it be wild? They go, yeah, it's my sister. Then wouldn't it be crazy? But I don't know. But you could t- they were talking like they knew Meg Ryan. Right? Like we do. You know, we do it too, right? We know uh, this is what's going on. They said that, you know. Well, we can be that way with Christianity. We can talk all the talk and be, and, and be perfect theologically about love and salvation and all that. Here's the thing. Excuse me. Do you know Jesus? Tell me about what, what has he done in your life in the past month? You've been a Christian for 30 years. How many people are going to be in heaven because you lived for Jesus? Not that you go, here's my trophy of souls that I've... Not that. Not, here's my list. I keep my list. Look, look at my list. It's not that. But it's just like the Sanhedrin who quoted Bible verses while they were nailing Jesus to the cross. Took note that these fishermen standing in front of them, breaking the law, they took note that they were uneducated, but they had been with Jesus. You can have a PhD in Old Testament hermeneutics. You can, have a, you can have a doctorate in New Testament theology, but not have a BWJ degree, been with Jesus degree. Come on. Every year, I'm a part of a, a movement. They ask me every year to re-up if I want to re-up. I got to check blocks, theological blocks. Do you still believe this? Do you still believe this? Believe that? You know what? They never ask me. Never, never, never. I've been in. I've, I've been. In, I've had credentials with this movement since 1993. Never one time have they asked me this. Tim McGregor, do you, God, honest, believe that He rose from the grave and lived like it? Do you love Jesus Christ now more than you did at the first? Do you love Him with an undying love? They never ask me. Do you? The communion of the Holy Spirit is that. That he takes the doctrine of truth and brings it to experience in our life. He's in this room right now. He's in this room right now. Let's look at this verse one more time. May it be for you and me. May it be for this row right here. This row, all the way through. May it be. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you and with you. Where you don't have to walk anymore trying to earn the favor of somebody that favors you already. May the love of God be where you are, with you, all.
May the fellowship where you hear him, you wake up in the morning and he gives you a thought, a song, a verse. He puts somebody in your mind. You might have people in your family and you've, you're exper- you've been coming and you're experiencing something that you've never experienced before that you know isn't from religion. It's not from a guy. It's not from the people you know. There's someone that's causing your DNA to fire. There's synapses you didn't know that are firing off. The creator of you is talking to you. But you also now know you're like Andrew. You're like, I've got a brother named Simon. He's not going to get this. He's not going to want. What do I say to him? Sometimes you don't have to say anything. You just be. You just be because your being is being changed. Something's happening to you. And it might not be at the pace of the church. It might not be at the watchdog Christian saying, well, you stay still. You know, she's still. But if grace is working, let it work. If love is flowing, let it flow. If the Holy Spirit is talking to you and it's not because of a rule, you're not doing it out of performance. The reason why I don't preach on stuff is because I don't want you to fill out all the blocks of we don't this, we don't that, we don't this. And here's what I want. I want you to trust the voice of Jesus in your life. I want you to do something out of the peer pressure of some denomination. Well, we don't wear red shirts under our sweatshirt. What? Who cares? Who cares? Why don't you wear suits? Because I met a bunch of, bunch of people that said they didn't have the right kind of clothes to wear to church. I said, I'm done with that. I'm done with that. Don't put that on me, man. Now I look like you. Why aren't you here now? What team you like? I like them too. Come to church. Whatever. May all these things be. Here's what you do. So, you know, start praying for your family. Start saying, Jesus, I, I have no light but you. When I'm around, when I'm around, I'm not going to be a preacher. Just, just, let, just, let, just let what you're doing in my life show up. Touch my mom, touch my dad, touch my friends. May it be unto you. Freely receive it. In this room right now, Jesus wants to favor people. In this room right now, the Father wants to embrace you. You may have been a Christian a long time, but the, the thought of a father and you being a son, and you're, you're, you're thinking, well, I'm a man now, man. I can bench 300 pounds. I'm got to go cry on my dad's shoulder. Well, listen, there's a lot of guys that are going to die too young because they never got it out of them. There's people that are still looking in the mirror, measuring it up because dad somewhere along the line never said, hey, I, I love you in spite of. Whether you've had that in your home or not, in your heart, that's who he is. And may the love of God be with you in the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit takes the story of Jesus and actualizes it in a church in the southwestern part of Maryland, in Cumberland, Moss Avenue. And he is here. Would you stand, please? Look at the last slide. Next month, go to the last one, please. The next one. Next month, next week, I'm going to start a series. It's called This Is My Body. When we think of that, we think of Jesus in communion. But here's why I've done this travel pack. Because we need to walk somewhere. We need to walk somewhere. We're walking a path to heaven. And we're to keep our eyes on heaven. But... As we walk that road, there are people who have been beaten. There's people who have been abused. There are people who are turned off to God, turned off to church, turned off to you, turned off to me. And they're there and they need something. You know what? If Jesus was here in his sandals, his face would, would be where his face was. You read the Gospels. And we're going to read Luke as we do Ephesians. Because now his body is you. This is He would say, this is my body. Not an audience to come hear sermons. That's part. But listen, he wants you to be the body of Christ on every day that ends with the letter Y. Every one of them. Not just Sunday, because Monday's a Y day. Tuesday's a Y day. Wednesday's a Y day. And he wants to walk around in me and you. And what do we know he'd be? Poor. First First thing he said out of his mouth, blessed are the poor, because the kingdom's for you. 
that we should look like that as a church. If the body of Christ today goes anywhere that the body of Christ didn't go in the Gospels, we're the ones that are off track. So that'll be measurable. If we're following him, we'll have more than moments where we say, I felt the goosebumps at church. Because the spirit in Jesus is the spirit in us and he still wants to set our face where his face was. To the poor, to the broken, to those who have not heard, to the brothers and sisters that are suffering, to the brothers and sisters that need encouragement, to a family that's a real family and not an audience. A family, a family, a family together. Sharing our gifts with one another, with the world. Freely you've received, freely give. For some of us to get into the freely give business, we need to receive because we can only give what we possess. And today, the Holy Spirit is here and I'm going to pray all over this room for you right now. So, Lord, capture us right now with our attention. Capture us, Lord, with our minds and our hearts. No labels, no expectations, just a moment to allow you to work the grace of Jesus, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit from every seat, front to back, back to front, regardless of our condition, but I pray, Lord, right now that you would minister to people whose past is defining their present way too much. They are bound in their present and their future by the past. I pray that today a blanket of grace would melt their guilt away. Finally, once and for all, May the grace, if that's you, may the grace of Jesus be with you right now. There are, there are those who you, you feel, you, you just, you take note of too many things and it knocks you off course. You get offended, you get hurt. You have the ability to see through things. You can tell a true from a fake. And, and, but the problem with it is the blessing is a curse because it stops you. It, it gets under you, it gets in you. And, and, and you can't get your eyes where they need to be because you see too much, you feel too much, you're affected too much. And the Lord wants to break that today. He wants to free you from a feeling of obligation, of offense. You can be free from that. I feel the Spirit saying, to you right now. Let me take care of you. You're safe. There are other people that he's telling me this, Tim, they're afraid of me. They're afraid of me. And he doesn't guilt you or judge you for that. He's just saying that he knows. And he wants to offer you a time where you just because that, that just shows that you've, you're not perfected in the idea of God's love. But right now, listen, right now, may the love of that father, let him come up closer than you can com you're comfortable. He, he's not going to hurt you. He's going to love you out of that. He's going to love you right now. May the love of the father be with you. And I especially want to pray for brand new believers. You've, maybe you've, you've crossed the threshold and you, you are saying yes to Jesus. You have more questions than you have answers, but you're saying yes because he's witnessing into the inner part of who you are. There's something going on between you and him. You can't word it, you can't explain it, but you know that you know that you know in your knower. I pray for you because you know you're tender. You know that, uh, that it wouldn't take a, a very big wave of attack to just knock you off your feet. 
It, you, there's still a call and a pull from the things of the world that you're trying to walk out of. And, it's, and, it, and, it's, and it has you insecure. I, I especially want to pray for you today because the Lord wants to give you a boldness. He wants to give you a power source on the inside of you to be stronger than the things that are coming at you. Father, I pray that the power of the Holy Spirit, friend, listen, welcome the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. Don't be afraid. Just ask him, Lord, I, I welcome you in my life. I welcome you close to me. Lord, I pray you'd heal everybody that needs healing today. Cleanse everybody that needs cleansed today. And all of us need this. We need the love of a father today. Now they're going to sing this song and it's going to, it's going to, the, the presence of God is going to move all over this room. Feel, you don't feel, don't feel an obligation. You have to leave your seat and come to an altar or whatever. But I've always said that there's a lot more space right here. Here's the difference between letting God minister to you out there and right here. A lot of times when I've been in an audience with family or friends or whatever, couple a uh, couple minutes of a song and someone's going to say hey texas grill house or uh, cracker barrel we're just human what do you think is, is it mahomes or is it going to be joe burrow who's what do you think we'll get to that but he wants he's cooking something up for you right now man jesus i feel the presence of god so strong right now He's cooking something up for you, friend. Jesus, I pray that not one person would slip through the cracks today. That no one would be able to talk themselves out of something great that you're trying to draw them to. No matter who they are. Hallelujah. Do it like you did it for me. Do it in this place. God's going God's to come down right now and he's going to love on you. Let him do it. While this song's being played, thank you for giving me time to preach this today. Now he's going to wrap his he's going to wrap his arms of love around you right now. Let him do it. Let him have you and heal you and help you. 